Welcome to the What in the World is God Doing podcast. Conversations with Highland Park Missions Partners in Casper, Wyoming, and around the world. In the midst of global crises and a daily onslaught of discouraging news, this podcast will encourage you about the good work God is doing around the world and inspire you to join in God's mission in our everyday lives. Highland Park Community Church exists to take risks to pursue God and love like Jesus. And our mission partners are courageously living that out both at home and abroad. I'm Darren Adwell-Palker, the GO Pastor at Highland Park. And joining me today by Zoom is Randy Gonzalez. Randy is one of Highland Park's mission partners and lives and ministers in Malaga, Spain, along with his wife, Doralicia. And with me here in the studio is Kiri Chambers. Kiri is a member of the Highland Park Missions Board and recently accompanied me and a team to walk the Camino de Santiago, an ancient pilgrimage trail in northern Spain. So, Randy and Kiri, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be here. Hey, Randy, for those that are not familiar with the Camino de Santiago, uh, what is it? Yeah, uh, it's it's a great Camino. It's uh, really the Camino is an ancient path that people have used for spiritual pilgrimage for the past 1,200 years, if you can wrap your head around that. In the year 1823, legend is that the shepherd, a shepherd named Pelayo, discovered a sarcophagus in which the Apostle James was buried, supposedly. And this, now, is, he the, this finding... is the James uh, brother, uh, uh, sorry, disciple of Jesus. So James as in Peter, yes. James, and John. Yes, yes, correct. And so after after finding uh, uh, him buried there, he relayed the, his finding to the, the Bishop of Galicia, who then passed the news on to King Alfonso of Asturias, which is in northern Spain. Uh, and understanding the importance of this supposed discovery, he, he made the trip from Oviedo, Spain, to what is now Santiago de Compostela. And so he became the first pilgrim to walk the now famed Camino de Santiago. Now, this has had many, many pilgrims along the long uh, history of it. But uh, in the early 70s, it began to fall in disrepair and it was beginning to be forgotten. It was around this time that a local priest named Elias Balinia uh, in 1984 took it upon himself to revive the Camino. And so he drove from uh, eastern Spain in Roncesvalles all the way in the Pyrenees, and he began going through all of the all of the Camino, painting the yellow arrows, which are now international symbol. So he drove. Yes. Yeah. He drove. Okay. Like, okay. Uh, in my mind, in my mind, brushes. yeah, in my mind, there's this image of a guy walking with a paintbrush and a paint can <laughs> painting these yellow arrows. All right. That's still cool, but um, not exactly what I had in mind, but okay. That's right. That's right. So basically he, he revived the Camino and he has been growing ever since. And I just heard uh, yesterday that uh, as it stands for 2023, there are almost 500,000 pilgrims who have walked different stages of, of the Camino, and we were wow. among those. That's amazing. So, That's almost the entire population of our state of Wyoming. So can you imagine? <laughs> that would yeah. be pretty cool. All like, of Wyoming yeah, all of Wyoming walk the Camino every year. Yeah, and people from all over the world do this. And, yeah. you know, we went, It's it, this admittedly was a different type of go team. I mean, normally 
mission teams go. Uh, we partner, Randy, you're one of our partners. You live in Spain. And so there was that mm -hmm. connection. But oftentimes there's sort of a stated, you know, physical thing we do or we build. And in this case, really, we're building relationships. And the biblical model for the walk along the Camino, and in Spanish, Camino means way, uh, is taken from Luke chapter 24. At the end of the Gospel of Luke, after Jesus' resurrection, he meets these disciples that are discouraged because their Lord had been crucified and they hadn't met him yet post-resurrection. So they were downcast, they were discouraged, and they were walking uh, from Jerusalem to Emmaus, which interestingly enough is about a seven-mile walk. Now uh, on our Camino, people do different lengths, but we did about uh, 12 to 18 miles a day. Uh, so uh, definitely a little bit sore in there. But I was just thinking about even how the Bible records that seven miles and Jesus mm -hmm. um, walks up alongside them on the way and it and 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 started talking and and you know your faces look downcast and what's going on and and so then they explain well we followed this guy named jesus and he was crucified and he died and he said he would rise again but we don't we didn't see him and the tomb is empty and so we don't know what to do and so it says that jesus began and opened the scriptures um, all the way from moses and the prophets and began to point them to himself and so Luke 24 records this, that as Jesus was going to go further, they actually invited him to have dinner together, which is something that happened and we'll share about. But we just met people along the way, met with them, talked with them, had dinner. And it said this, it says, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And what's significant just even about that order is that that's the order that we see that Luke records in both how Jesus fed the 5,000 and it's the order of how he did things at the communion table. He took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them. So basically celebrating communion in an informal setting, right, over a dinner table. Their eyes were open, it says, and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Then they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And to me, that mm -hmm. was the goal of this, to have these encounters with people where we get to share and talk about life experience and hear their stories, but that in that process that their hearts would burn within them as we share our stories and hear their stories and point them to Jesus. So, Carrie, we just had so many experiences uh, along the way so much so it became almost like a joke right <laughs> um so we kept saying in spanish que casualidad what a coincidence and our team <laughs> and the people that we met with it was there were so many of these that it became a joke because there's no way that any of us could have planned this and mm -hmm. we all just kind of got a sense even our friends that come from non-christian backgrounds were like there's no way that any of us could have planned this so certainly god must be involved in this some way so um talk to us about some of the coincidences, <laughs> casualidades that we had running into people along the Camino. Yeah, there were so many that just planning this was challenging because there was there were so many, like you said. Um, so there were two two girls um, one day. Well, we we kind of lost our guide, Randy, <laughs> and so Randy. <laughs> we lost we lost our guide, and so we were kind of waiting 
thinking, okay, maybe he's ahead of us, maybe he's behind and us. And none of us had cell phones. And so we <laughs> couldn't, call, I mean, we had cell phones, but no service. So like we couldn't call him. Yes. And so these two girls walked by and Darren just kind of visited with them. Hey, could we use your phone to call our friend that we lost? And uh, so we borrowed their phone. They were super gracious. One was from Argentina, one was from Australia. And then we just ended up walking with them. We found Randy. So that, that was a good start. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> um, and then it was just the, like you said, the coincidence of it. So we walked with them. The, that was the first day. That was, yeah. Then the next day, we had gone the wrong way. We, we crossed this bridge. Which I did not like because it was super high and scary. <laughs> and then we came back. And so we, and anyway, we had some obstacles. Then we're walking and we get to this fork in the road. The same two girls are right there. Now, mind you, thinking of like this way, we, we everyone kind of has the same idea of travel, as in we're staying in the same little towns, but we were staying at different places. And moving in the same direction. Moving in the same direction. So we all had the goal to get to this, the next town, but everyone's leaving at different times. So the coincidence of us running into them that day was really interesting. And that day was our one of our friends from Argentina. It was her birthday. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in in that moment was so cool. So I want to backdate that a little bit with with that group because so um, it was one of our friends became our friend her birthday, and so Randy had designed. Hey, let's all go out. We want to celebrate you um, and take you to dinner tonight. Well. The day before that, we had met somebody else, and so um, we were at a restaurant, and we were we were just chatting with the five of us, kind of processing the day, processing the day. Randy had given us some awesome reflection questions to think about each day, so we were kind of processing that. And uh, there was this guy sitting by himself at a table, and he said, "Hey, um, so you guys, uh, you must be religious. Why you're doing the Camino?" And I think I said something to the effect of, "Oh." you know, we, we really love Jesus and we're here to, to just have time with him. Um, so we kind of became connected a bit. So then to the day, the next day, um, I, I remember saying to all of you, man, the only person we haven't run into again is our friend from Seattle. So, okay, we're back to, it's our friend from Argentina's birthday. We had planned to all go out to dinner and it was just this beautiful, dinner because there's a few of us sitting and then the birthday girl and her friend from Australia comes in. Well, then they had met another Argentinian from the, their hostel. So she came in and we're, it's just, we kept scooting like, Oh yeah, you come join the table. <laughs> Room for one more. Okay. You keep scooting. Come. <laughs> and then our friend from Seattle, right. Where all of these kind of merge is I had said, Oh, we haven't seen him yet. We're all sitting down ready to order. And who walks in to this restaurant? Our friend from Seattle. Yeah. And at first he didn't want to. He's like, no, there's not room. We're like, come on. Oh, no, you? there's room. Yeah. Scooch, scooch, scooch. Yeah. There's yeah. always room. There's <laughs> always room. And so in that night, I think something that was just inspiring to me is not everyone spoke the same language. Mm. So, you know, we're like, we have Spanish happening and, and we have, I, I don't remember how many different countries at the table, but it was just flowed. I mean, you are all kind of translating what our friend from Argentina saying and and Randy got to have this moment with our friend too mm. of just of praying for her blessing her year ahead blessing her year ahead and uh, yeah that was just a really 
really cool night. Um, then the next day, we started, we're walking, we stop at a cafe. There's the girls. There they are. <laughs> and again, like like Darren said, only only God could have orchestrated this. So when we sat down, they even asked, okay, so what are you all reflecting on today? Um, because we had shared, you know, Randy was giving us, we talked about that at dinner the night before. We were all saying, okay, this is what Randy gave us. He had given us some scripture of just slowing down and, and um, sauntering and, and uh, you know, really being still. And, and noticing God in nature and in life. Yeah, yeah. And- and then we all had this awesome conversation around that. So then the next day was so cool. And mind you, we don't know their their spiritual background right now. And um, but they were so curious. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, you know, what what are we thinking about? What are we reflecting about today? Um, and and so we walked with them again. Um, and then we had added some new friends. Now we had a friend from Columbia that was walking with us and it just was, yes. So, so neat. So, uh, the next day, um, we started and I had some pretty good blisters going on Mm -hmm. and I just, I, I was feeling like I needed to let you all go. And I was just really being still with the Lord and praying and my feet hurt and I'm just walking. <laughs> and, and is that the day that Randy gave us the <clears throat> little crucifix to reflect on the death Correct. and suffering of Jesus and how that connects to our lives? Yes. Yeah. So I was feeling the suffering. <laughs> <laughs> so in that moment, I just <laughs> was remember praying for our friend from Seattle. And I, I was just, I was really thinking about him and I'm like, man, I want to walk with him because we really hadn't got to walk with him yet. We, we'd just seen him at a couple meals and connect. And at this point in the trip, the, the beauty of walking with somebody was just so neat. Um, and we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, but just the slowness and how countercultural oh, that felt. And so I was like, I just had some questions that I wanted to chat with him about and know his story. And so I'm walking by myself and I, I was just started to pray for him that, that I would run into him. And I bet 30 seconds wow. after I said, Lord, just let me run into him so I can walk with him. I hear this swift walking and I'm like, that's him. Before I even turned around, I just knew it. And so I turned to the side because at this point I'm like, I, I'm, I know God is just, you know, orchestrating so much on this trip. And, um, and then I got to walk with him and just have conversation in the um, slowness of that was just amazing. And I think of that hearts were burning like you shared, Darren, and, and Luke is it was that we just we have all the time. We had nowhere to pl- be. So he said, like, tell us your story. Right. Tell no, us I, what's on your heart. Yeah. I mean, you could walk. For, you, you know that, hey, we've probably got six or seven more hours to go. Right. And so I. One of the questions I loved asking was just tell me your life story. And they're like, what part? I'm like, everything. Just tell me your story. We got time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so the opening of that mm, was amazing. Yeah. So the, the final coincidence that, um, if, if, you know, it seems so silly to call it a coincidence almost because at this point we're just like, we're just blown away by God continuing to do this. Every day we were running into mm-hmm. um, these people that we were just continuing to walk with. So um, it, I think it was about the third day. There was a, a lady from Columbia walking with us. Well, we'd somehow lost her. Like there was that hailstorm, and we we uh, she must have kept going, and we stopped, and um, and no one had her number to call or anything, right? And so yeah. 
we we had lost touch with her and we, we all kept wondering. We all kept saying like, oh, I, I, you know, I hope she's doing okay. We were thinking of her. Um, so we finished the whole Camino. We'd spent a day in Santiago. We never saw her again. And so then we get to the airport, our team from Wyoming. And so there's four of us, really long travel story. We get very delayed by 24 hours or more maybe. Yeah, yeah bus ride. <laughs> Seven-hour bus ride to Madrid. And another boom. hotel. Yeah. It was, you know, quite disastrous. So I I remember saying, I think every time I get delayed, God just must have something for me. When we woke up that morning and we were supposed to be home and we were still in Spain, I was feeling like, really? Yeah. <laughs> so we get to the airport, Madrid airport. We're bustling to get to our gate. And... um. We get on the train and... Like in the airport, the tram. The air, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. To take us to our terminal, we look over and there's our friend from Columbia that we had lost days before. And it was just this beautiful, like, we, we even said, we were delayed so that we could see you again. Yeah. Like, God really cared that we had this moment because she had been, she really wanted to know more about Wyoming and um, we had never exchanged numbers. And so this moment of like, just joy that we had, that God put us on the train together is incredible. And for me, it solidified God just being in charge of the whole thing and even mm. our delay, the extra delay. And I mean, the tram could have been in any of the cart. Yes. It could have just, you know, yeah. minutes on either side. We never would mm -hmm. have seen her. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just the sense of God kind of superintending that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, just I, I have kind of. Yeah, Randy. Yeah, yeah. These are great stories. I have to just say that on that very first one where you were talking about we we went we went the wrong way. I'm the guide, right? I was feeling <laughs> a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> and we had to cross the bridge, guys the high afraid. bridge I didn't like twice because we went the wrong way. Exactly. And I was like, man, Lord, I should have known better, but okay, whatever. You know, I don't know why we did that. It turns out he was already you know, knitting things together mm -hmm. so that we could find our friends early in the day. So that was just a really cool thing. So incredible. Yeah, Randy, so uh, people do the Camino for spiritual reasons, not always necessarily Christian reasons, but everyone on that path had some reason. You know, one of our friends said that he was in a quarter-life crisis and just, you know, at a, around age 25, 26, was wondering, what's it all about? Um a lot of people, when they study Christianity in Europe, um, there's a, a phrase that often they'll use, and, you know, it's true of Spain. They call it a, a post-Christian society. So what does that mean, um, that Spain, Europe, I think America, to many degrees, is kind of moving in that direction. But what does a post-Christian society mean? Yeah, uh, for me, it's, it's an interesting question. Um, Spain is part of greater Europe, but I feel like because where they're positioned, they don't, they don't get a lot of the kind of the flow of the historical events that happen traditionally in like central Europe, uh, Spain and Portugal. So, so it has an interesting history and spiritual profile. I, today I would consider uh, that it's, I would say it's a non-typical postmodern secular society uh, I say non-typical because Spain really didn't live through the normal uh, era transitions between the eras that other Western nations did. Uh, what I mean by that is that Spain, um, I think partly too because it's positioning you know lower and away from the mainstream 
Europe, they went from traditional society, basically they mostly skipped the modern era and they slammed into the postmodern era. And so that's a unique experience in and of itself. But Spain also has a deeply rooted cultural Catholic experience and spiritual Catholic experience, which really in some ways refuses to kind of fully give into postmodernism. And I think um, for us, uh, we have tried to understand this context in the past 13 years that we've lived here. And and I think um, what we've seen uh, already is we came in and after the 2008 economic crisis, we've seen other upheavals, uh, we've seen the Ukraine war on this side of things, uh, but it's began to soften people up to kind of the religious spiritual experience. Now, sometimes we have a little bit of a challenge with the word religious because, you know, we hear it in different contexts, but if you think of it's a re-ligament, right? Re-linking. So it's a religion really is bringing together, reconnecting uh, man with God, man with each other, God with society. So I, I, I like that idea of religion. And I think uh, people are getting reconnected in some ways. So, so how, do, how does that work for us in terms of, you know, I'm a coach. So I get to spend time with people wrestling with challenging issues and transitions in their lives. Um, you know, unemployment. Uh, Spain is not this. The, the Central European Bank is not in Spain for a reason. You know, it's in Germany. And so we don't get as much of the benefits of the European Union as others, per, perhaps. We see that in unemployment or, or low paying jobs. Uh, personal crises, uh, relational difficulties, you know, hope about the future. So I've learned to tap into some of the Catholic tradition to talk to them in a language that they know and understand. And it helps me it introduce Jesus into the mix of their wrestling. And for me, that's really helpful. I think the Camino is one of those places where I, I like to do that. You know, I saw that. Uh, my wife. Uh, okay, I, I was going to say, I saw that, Randy, with your role um, on the Camino, the fact that you know, let people know that you're a spiritual coach and that you work in those areas. And there was just mm-hmm. like a real openness. I mean, they were, I have this great, I have this, one of my favorite pictures from the trip is, you know, these ladies just kind of circled around you and you were kind of sharing the questions for the day. And there was just leaning in, they were smiling, they were open, they were wanting somebody, you know, and, and this isn't an ego thing, but me as a pastor, like they weren't necessarily saying like, well, well, pastor, tell me about Mm. the meaning of life. But they knew that a coach, your role is more question-based. It's more open-ended and they really were leaning into that. And so I saw that impact, you know, from the, from day one, all the way through, as you introduced yourself in, in those terms. Um, and then you were talking about Doralicia as a spiritual director. Yeah, yeah. Um, she she has kind of a, a different approach, um, though it can look similar, but she, as a spiritual director, she's really more gifted in taking people on an internal journey and to guide them into seeing the presence of God in their life, in their internal struggles, in their anxiety, and really helping them. We learned long ago that if you follow the anxiety all the way down, it leads to Jesus, actually. 
Jesus wow. is there at the root of the at the root of the anxiety, wanting to help us kind of to overcome and heal and and um, uh, blossom and thrive. You no, know? and so she helps. I would say she helps set the table so that they can have a sincere conversation with the Lord. That's and so we we kind of help try to bring people. Um, look, truth. If it's true, it's true everywhere. And so it's true that we as human beings struggle and suffer and long for things and we dream about things and have desires about things. So that's called life. And we just ask people, what about your life? Tell me about your life. And these things will, will come up automatically. You know, um, going on the Camino, we were challenging ourselves to be really intentional about the relationships and about the connections. And again, to give honor to God, there was no way that our intentionality could have resulted in the kinds of connections that we had. But I will say, because we were trying to be intentional, we were mm. intentional about being intentional. Um, <laughs> God was able to use that. And so, Kiri, I was just wondering if you could explain, you know, what that experience was like for you, being on the Camino, being intentional. Granted, it's a different kind of environment than our normal lives. You mentioned, yeah. you know, we're just, what impacted me coming home was like, man, we're in our cars all the time. We go from, I go from home to work and back and I might make a phone call, but I'm not certainly not talking to the fellow drivers next to me. I can't. Right. And, and so just how much is lost in relationship by walking with people. And that's how Jesus did discipleship. That's how he met people. The woman at the well, I mean, just so many stories in scripture. It was like Jesus walking from point A to point B and things that happened along the way, the woman that he healed, you know, on the way to Jairus's house and so many. Yeah. So talk to us about intentionality and then let's move this into, you know, not everyone is able to make it on the Camino. Now, if you're listening and you have a chance, please do at the, in our show notes uh, at the bottom of our description, there's a link to Randy's site where he leads groups through this. So, I mean, this is a powerful spiritual experience, powerful missional experience, but we would like to encourage people that are listening to kind of have some takeaways from our experience about how the intentionality of the Camino can actually move into the intentionality of our lives. So what was yeah. that like for you and what encouragement would you have for people? Mm. So I think, you know, and Darren, you kind of already said this, it's just, it's, it's very countercultural to move that slow. <laughs> um, we <laughs> always have somewhere else to go. Um, we're usually on the way to something. We have an agenda and so the difference on the Camino was we, we did have a place to go, but it wasn't a timely thing. We didn't have to be there at a specific time. And so if we wanted to stop and have a coffee, we could. If we wanted to slow the pace, we could. Um, and so I think thinking about that now, even just in the few weeks that we've been back, I've had so many opportunities to do this with people mm. because even though mm -hmm. on the Camino – People are there usually for a purpose. Like I want to spend time slowing down. I want to spend time really just in reflection or praying or whatever. But I also think that even though everyone's hurried, I'm saying like, you know, in our day-to-day -day lives, people still want to slow down. And so I've had moments just being back where, you know, usually somebody would be trying to tell me a story and I would say, Hey, I really want to hear this, but I got to get to, and so let's do this later. And so I guess something that mm -hmm. I've really just been trying to practice is that margin 
Like how, and, and I realistically can do this. It, it, it takes effort, but saying, I'm going to, I'm going to leave a little bit extra, extra time here so that I could just sit and listen. And, uh, so I think that's the big thing that I've been taking away is that intentionality of, of being with others, slowing down and it, it really matters. And I, and I think in the Bible, every time that we're seeing these encounters that Jesus had with people, it was because he was with them. Mm. That presence is really hard in our culture to be present with somebody. And so it's just being conscious and aware and, and it definitely takes some counterculture mindfulness to do. And, you know, I remember a conversation that we had, I think it was the last day, just reflecting together. It's fun because people kind of walk up at different times and, you you know, you kind of move into different groups or talk with individuals. And one of the conversations we had was like, man, there's something about walking and talking with people, you're shoulder to shoulder. Mm. Um, silence is not awkward. If yeah. the conversation kind of lulls a little bit, that's okay. It provides for reflection. And so one of the things I've been trying to do more intentional as I meet with people is just simply to say, hey, would you be up for going on a walk? Yeah. Um, I realize how much, you know, we tend to meet up for coffee and a meal, which is fine. Yeah. And there is an um, intentionality of sitting across the table with somebody and sharing. Certainly, it's a, a great experience. Yeah. But... Um, a, walking's free, B, it's good exercise. And C, mm-hmm. I think it's a great context for talking with people because um, it, it provides a, a little bit more space, your shoulder to shoulder, not necessarily, um, you know, eyeball to eyeball. And and as a result of that, it, it kind of allows for a little bit more, at least in my experience, a little bit more reflection and, and thought. So that's kind yeah. of my, one of my takeaways uh, from that. And I think something too, Darren, that, that, you, you said when we, we were on the Caminos, like we are being, we are open to saying, oh my gosh, we saw you yesterday and now we're here again with you today. The next day we run into them again. And, and that happens in our everyday life, but are we open to mm. it? Are we or do wondering? we see purpose in it? Yeah, sure. Like, are we wondering why does this person that is maybe even hard for you to be around keep showing up in my life? And, and is that the same as God saying, hey, I, w- I want you to walk with them mm. um, and, and slow down and, and ask, what, what is it about your life? You know, or like, like Jesus said, you're, you're, you're seem sad on this on this walk like what's going on right you know just just slowing down mm. to to do that and as followers of christ christ modeled that and so that's one of my hopes in mm. life now to can i just can i just add yeah. uh, i think uh, one of the places of intentionality i think is how relational are we instead of how I would say transactional. Mm. Sometimes we get into this production oriented. Time is money. You know, production is money. And and so it overrides some of the relational pieces. And we have resistances to that. So I think there's an intentionality to overcome resistances. I was uh, just at the dentist's office and I have to go into Malaga. It's kind of a pain and come back. And I was like, I got to get moving. And as soon as my daughter came out, we're like, okay, let's, Head out. This lady sat down right next to me. She had to fill out the whole intake medical form. And she goes, I can't do this. Can you fill it out for me? And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> That's a lot of information. It's a big form. But I don't I like said, filling you know, them out for myself, let alone for somebody else. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I said, you know, yeah, I can. So, so 
I just patiently and asked her the questions. I found out a lot about her. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> but she was super grateful. I think you've you stumbled know? upon and a new evangelism technique, Randy. This is a way of getting <laughs> to know people now. But I was just t- thinking about the re- my own resistance to, mm. you know, even, even the, as the inconvenience. Yeah. Or to say, you know what, I'm not sure I have time for this, but really I didn't lose out. I actually gained and she gained and we connected. Yeah. And now that was just a short period of time, but there's places where I think it just taught me about, yeah, and just be more relational about this. Yeah. And didn't Jesus do that too? Like the, there's, there's, you know, this story that I'm thinking, like Jesus was walking when the, the woman touched him mm-hmm. and, and like he, his disciples were kind of like, come on. Like, right. He was go. on the way to Jairus's house. His daughter was dying. Mm-hmm. There was an urgent need and they were mm-hmm. moving That's in right. that direction. And then this other encounter happened. Yeah. And, and he stopped and, you know, and he, and he turned to her. And so I'm just thinking like Randy in, in the, in the dentist's office or where, wherever we might B, it's just that pausing and, and that's how people get to feel who Christ was. And I, and is, I think of this story, another story. I mean, the whole Bible is full of these, right? Because people are not driving around in cars Mm. as great as that is. But, um, Acts chapter three, Peter and John are going into the temple acts two, the Holy spirit is poured out. So now they have the indwelling presence of God in them. They go to the temple. There's a beggar who's there who sits there every day. He's got his hands stretched out. And normally that, that would be, Randy, a transactional relationship. Here's a few coins, you know, God bless you. Hope you're well. Mm-hmm. But Peter stopped and he said, look at me. And there was this encounter. And he said, look, I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I can give you. And that was a life transformational moment. But the stopping, the noticing, and I have to see that the presence of the Holy Spirit in him wanted to notice that man in Peter, right? And so yeah. that same presence is in us. And right. so maybe the the hope or the takeaway for us having had this experience and people listening is every day there are people that are crossing our paths. Mm. I would venture to say that none of that is by accident. Yeah. And if we can have the kind of intentionality that we sought to develop on the Camino in our everyday life, and what's really cool is Jesus says in Spanish, yo soy el Camino, I am the way, I am the Camino. Jesus is the Camino. He is this path that we're walking. Mm. And along that way, he is going to bring people in and out of our lives. And so my my encouragement is the intentionality. And is there somebody that you haven't seen in a while that you need to shoot a text to and say, you know, I was thinking about you today. I'm wondering how you're doing, what's going on in your life and just see what God does with that. We never know, but the openness and our posture to be willing to connect with people is what makes all the difference. It's simple, but not easy. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Randy, would you close us in prayer having walked the Camino a number of times, having really settled into this rhythm. I want to thank you for being our amazing guide. And uh, (laughs) even when we lost you, uh, that God used (laughs) that for good, for a purpose that really just transformed our whole trip. Mm -hmm. Um, And pray for each of us and those listening just to continue to grow in that intentionality um, and that participation the thing that blows my mind is God doesn't just call us to be in relationship with him and restore us from the inside out 
um, Second Corinthians mm. five seventeen talks about we're new creations in Christ. The very next verse, all this is from God who reconciled us to Himself in Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Like mm. what God has done with mm. us, like we're called to carry that out to others and share that. And so our daily walk, our literally our daily walk, we call it our walk with God. You know, walking mm. with others. It is. This is such a great metaphor for life. And may we be maybe slower. May we be more intentional. And may we be aware that none of this happens on accident, that God is actually involved in these interactions. And so the prayer would be uh, for intentionality and awareness um, and impact. Amen. Let's do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time we have to talk together and to share the experiences of this beautiful journey on the Camino together. And uh, more than that, just to see you working and acting and uh, putting the pieces together and the, the coincidences that weren't coincidences that were just beautiful to see unfold as we walked uh, together day by day. And I just pray, Father, for <clears throat> the good the good folks at Highland Park Community Church. And in, in this vein that we're talking about, the, the interest in the kingdom, I think the kingdom advances uh, as a journey as we encounter people. And so I just want to pray for uh, each one who is listening to this podcast and those who may who will never listen to it, but that you are present in their lives, that, that they would understand that they are on a journey, that they would be observant, that they would be heightened to see where you're manifest, where your movement is, and that they would slow down enough, Father, to just engage that and engage the people around them and to see that even as they slow down, um, the missional heartbeat continue, uh, in, in, begins to beat faster because there's an excitement to see what you're, you're about to do. So I just pray for that, Father. I pray for a growing intentionality towards relationship and to, to just uh, look at people and say, there's a person I can walk with and ask people, will you walk with me? It's, it's a great journey. It's fun. I think this is where evangelism becomes fun. <laughs> I don't think it, I think it just doesn't, it, the burden of it goes away because you're actually walking together, sharing kind of the, the steps uh, that you take together. And so I pray for that in Jesus' name. And I just want to end with a beautiful verse that I use often. It says, uh, it's from Jeremiah 6.16. It says, stand at the crossroads and look ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. I really believe all that when we do this, we will actually find rest for our souls. So I pray that in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Beautiful prayer. Thanks so much, Randy. Yeah, you bet. Kiri, thanks for joining us and Thank thanks you. everyone for listening. Thanks so much for joining us today. Our goal is to get you moving on mission. Go to hpcc.church missions to sign up for weekly service updates in Casper and beyond. Follow us on our missions page, uh, Facebook at HPCC Missions. I want to say a huge thank you to all of those who partner with us in prayer and your giving to missions at Highland Park through Faith Promise. We are blessed to bless. See you next time.